Welcome to episode 75 of The Numbers Game. I'm Jace, and as always, I'm here with Nick and Marty. How are we going today, fellas? Going well, Jace. Very excited about today's episode. We're talking about profit and cash flow, and I do like those two things. So, uh, yeah, very up and about. How are you, Nick? I'm going well, mate. Also excited. This is something that we talk about in our business every day. So, yeah, looking forward to... Hopefully sharing some tips and pointers about how to make sure your business um, has money and isn't just profitable. Marty, just a quick update. Any uh, post post the, uh, the, the the medical records hack? Anything happened? All good? Anything we well, need to know? It, it, I've been on tender hooks this week, but the operation's still proceeding. The correct operation is still proceeding, <laughs> and uh, I still have uh, money in my account. So, so far, so good. So far, so good. Chase, how are you going? Mate, I'm good. I'm good. No no hacks yet that I know of. I actually had to think about it. I think I was an Optus customer at one point, um, but I've changed emails several times since then, so I don't know if they've tried to, you know, send me an email to let me know that I've been hacked, but my email's gone. I don't know. Somebody I've been could be sending at- you money all week. What, what, <laughs> what's, what's happening here? Somebody Jeez. could be out there replicating. You know, there could be another Jason Robinson out in the world right now just sending people all different type of scam things. And, and I'd be none the wiser, but good luck to them. And, and I guess if you've listened to the cybersecurity episode, then you just have to be cyber aware and, and help Australia be a better place. But until then, uh, our job today is to help... Uh, Business owners and, and the general public as well, who anyone who's thought about a profit and loss and then also thought about cash in the bank. Um, there's this old saying out there that, that most people are aware of um, in different varies and shapes is that sales are vanity, profit is sanity, but cash is king. Now, what we wanted to touch on today is quite often um, as as an accountant, and I'm sure as you know, mortgage brokers, financial planners, you, you sit in a room and we sit with a client and we ask them, Where's their cash? Like, what, what's happened to their money? Where's their cash? And they go, geez, I don't know what's going on. My, my profit loss looks healthy. I'm making a profit, but I'm getting to the end of the month and I don't have much, much cash left. So I wanted to address today some of the things that, you know, that go into a profit and loss versus how much cash you've got in the bank. Um, the, I call it accounting 101, but the ability to read a profit and loss in a balance sheet is, I think, something that every business owner should be able to do. Um, you know, it's, ah, uh, I guess it's just those fundamentals. It, it really is just the ability to kind of look at it and and pick through things. And, and if you can do it properly, you can see things that jump out. You can see outliers, expenses that weren't meant to be there, something that looks a bit odd, especially if you're not doing your bookkeeping anymore and somebody else is, and you're out running the business, the ability to jump into your accounting software and run a P and L just as a bit of a, a bit of a fact check, a bit of a pulse check, just to say, am I on track? How am I looking? And in the past, we've done episodes on budgets and forecasts and the ability to to measure how you're going versus what's budgeted. And that's also very important too, but just the, the, the standard review of the profit loss. So what is profit? Profit is the surplus that's left of your income once you've paid all your expenses, supply bills, taxes, et cetera. That's profit after tax. And you know what you want to be generating is great profit margin for your business and depending on whether you're selling products or services. Cash flow, though, is the ongoing process of ensuring your business has available cash, liquid cash, needed to operate. So they sound similar, but they're also very different. It provides money needed to pay trades, suppliers, cover wages, buy raw materials, and all that. So where does it differ? So if I run a profit and loss today, and I can see the total income from a income-generated point of view in my profit and loss, 
and I can scroll to the bottom and I can see a profit figure. Now, how this can vary to what's actually in the bank is for many different reasons, but one of them is that most profit and loss in your accounting systems are run on what's called an accruals basis. So an accruals basis is that the invoice is raised, so it's recognized as a sale, but it doesn't necessarily mean the cash has hit your bank. So, you know, you might have raised a $20,000 revenue um, invoice for a job that you've completed on the 25th of October. That's now the 2nd of November. That $20,000 is going to be booked as income. It's going to be showing as profit in your profit loss, that $20,000 sale, whatever's the profit margin on that will be in the bottom line of profit. But on an accruals basis, it's profit. On a cash basis, it doesn't mean that money's in the bank. So that's an important thing to be sure of. So what that means is when you go to your balance sheet, you're going to have an aged receivable or, or a trade debtors. And that means there's money owing to you. So your balance of cash in the bank plus your aged receivables, that then helps you to explain where's my money. So that's one of the main ones. The other side of that as well is let's say you're a tradie and that was a $20,000 plumbing job and you have to buy $5,000 of materials. You went down to Reese or Bunnings, you put those $5,000 of materials on account, you stick the invoice, the purchase invoice into your system. So you get a $5,000 expense that's coming off your profit. But again, that's sitting on the balance sheet as aged payables, which means the cash hasn't actually moved yet. Are you following, guys? That's yep. making sense yeah. so far? Yep, yeah, beautiful, I, cool. I'm following. So two of those main things that a business owners sometimes don't take into account when they look at their P&L is aged payables and aged receivables. Some of the other big ones that come into play, uh, business owners are often really good at pulling money out of the account as a director loan or shareholder loan. The, the director or the business owner needs some extra cash on top of their wages, or they might not even be on wages. That doesn't hit the profit and loss. So you might have had a good month where you've made 50,000 profit. You got 20 grand left in the bank and you're going, what the hell? Where's the rest of my money? In the P&L, it might say 50 grand profit, but if the business owner's taken $30,000 in cash out of the bank, that goes through the direct loan, doesn't hit the profit and loss. The other ones that are important to take note of are things like car repayments uh, and loan repayments. They hit the balance sheet. They don't affect the profit and loss. So it's still affecting your cash at bank balance, but it's not touching your profit figure at the end of the month. And the other big one, if you're an inventory business, um, is the stock balance at the end of the month. So we've got a, a record store that we look after. They, they sell many, many records, lots and lots. They're probably, I think, the second biggest seller of vinyl records in the country. But they've got so much stock coming and going each month, depending on the volume of sales that they do. Is it until the end of the month when we reconcile the inventory balance, it can look like they've made a huge profit. But once we bring in the inventory balance from the balance sheet of what they sold during the month, it can change and, and reflect things how they're meant to be. So something else that, you know, if you're not reconciling your books week to week, month to month, and you don't have necessarily an accountant involved or a good inventory management system, you can be flying blind when it comes to profit and cash if you're an inventory heavy business. So that's another one to take into consideration. I don't know if I've missed too many other of the big ones, but they're probably the main ones that we have to talk to clients about quite often. That's fantastic, Jace. What... What is the other form of accounting practice that business owners use? You've talked about uh, accrued accounting, accrual. Yep, yep. so you've got um, accrual. What's, what's the other form? Because they go, to me, this is a reporting mechanism yep. and it's not talking to me about cash in, cash out. And, and I get it. I looked at, I, I remember looking at publicly listed companies and they had included, even from a mortgage standpoint, you know, 
clients that were approved as sales under that accrual method. Mm. It just did my mind in. I'm going, how do you know that's ever going to be cash in 90 days? They're making an assumption on mm-hmm. that rather than it being cash in the account. So as a small business, I go to small business owner, I'm going, to me, it's cash in, cash out. Is there a name for that type of accounting, Jace? Marty, you wouldn't believe it. Cash basis. So it's yes. accruals versus cash. So there's accruals basis and there's cash basis. And look, to be honest, it's, it's again one of these like complicated or confusing conversations that comes up with an accounting owner. And I got an email this week about it. And it probably happens maybe once a month. Uh, might even be worth a, a blog article um, for myself to be able to just send a link back out rather than copy and pasting the same email. Um, I got an email from a client that ran their quarterly profit loss in zero. And it said 45000 but then they sent me their quarterly bass and it said 60,000. So they're going, Chase, I think there's something wrong. My, my bass says 45,000. Oh, sorry, my P&L says I only got 45,000 in for the quarter. You've sent me a bass that says I made 60,000. The difference was they were running an accruals basis for their P&L and that the bass is lodged on a cash basis. So generally, most small business owners will have their basses done on cash basis because you don't want to be giving the ATO extra GST for an invoice sitting unpaid. And you also don't then want to claim credits for bills that you haven't paid. So what small business owners need to do if you're worried, if you, you know, you should be focusing on cash. It's there's a button you can click in all good accounting software where you flick it from accruals to cash basis. So you can run your profit and loss on a cash basis and see what physical cash has come in and what are your physical expenses you've paid. But another good one to run is a, is a statement of cash flows or a cash summary. And that cash summary report actually shows you, you know, your loan repayments, your super payable, your wages, your... Um, car repayments, your stock, anything, any kind of movements that aren't just a profit and loss movement will pick up in a cash summary and it'll show you your opening bank balance, movements during the month and closing bank balance. And for me, that's probably one of the most important uh, reports that business owners should be running is, as we said at the top of the episode, cash is king. If you run out of cash, especially leading into this time of year, you know, as we said, it's November 2022, Christmas is upon us. It's one of those interesting times of the year where, where cash... People start to hold on to their cash at this time of year. We usually see debtor days start to extend out a little bit at this time of year. People get a little bit, you know, kind of on edge. And we just had another rate rise announced uh, yesterday. So, you know, it's it's those kind of times where if you're not monitoring your cash balance and you're looking at your P&L thinking, I'm making profits every month, everything's looking good, but you haven't looked at your balance sheet to see that your receivables are going up, which means your clients aren't paying you in a timely fashion you're going to probably run into some cash flow difficulties as things start to roll forward. So so what I read out of that is, as a business owner, you need to be all over your cash flows, what comes in, what comes out, and the wider reporting can be accrual basis, but uh, you, you as a business owner need to be all over that because, again, if you start investing on the assumption of money potentially coming in that's not yet in, um, you could get yourself into a lot of trouble too, and also on timings, like you said, with inventory in and out. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I would encourage that uh, to all small business owners. Uh, Nick? Even, even if you are accounting on the cash basis, there's still things like the director's loans and, and the capital reductions on any debt. So that includes your lease, your car lease payments. If you've got mm-hmm. equipment yep. finance, that includes anything that goes towards capital or not interest is not going yep. to be on there. Correct. Um, 
but but this is um, so part of our business is um, is small business or SME funding and and cash flow lending, and what we find is this is a really busy time for that for that type of lending. So businesses that need an injection of cash um, to get them through this this period. To your point, Jace, people are holding on to money. Uh, you know, we've, we've got a change in seasons, so you know you might have a retail. Uh, a re- retail group that needs to bring in summer stock, or yeah, not, not, yeah, <laughs> not really in Melbourne, but they, I hope they kept some jackets. Yeah, so, so don't, don't. What I, where I'm going with this is don't run away from debt, or don't be scared of debt either. Um, debt at times can be good, and it's you know obviously there's good debt and bad debt, but as a business. Um, if you need a line of credit, if you need, uh, you know, we we spoke we spoke about business lending um, a few episodes ago, but don't be scared of debt and don't leave it too late. So, you know, what we often find is people only come to get that short term or that cash flow lending when they're in when they're when they're in trouble or when when they've had a bad few months, and that makes it very difficult to to get that those funds. So make sure your your business is well funded. Um, and you obviously want to be paying debt off and you know, not always just going into more debt. But there might be periods where you have uh, a, a reduction in your surplus cash flow because of the seasons or whatever. So just, yeah, where I was going with that is don't leave that too late. If you think you need some debt backing your business, um, do it now. Um, don't wait till it's too late. And particularly, Nick, over the holiday period, we find that business owners, you know, are accumulating assets from March to June for various reasons, maybe for tax reporting as well. But um, but this time of year, certainly overdrafts are an important factor because people go on holidays, wages still need to be paid. Um, there might be a reduction in sales depending on what type of business you are over that period. And, and remembering that a lot of businesses out there are seasonal. It might mm. be the holidays where it's your big spike in uh, in sales and that's where you make your cash flows for the year over Easter and Christmas. I mean, there are some businesses like that, particularly in agriculture as well. So it's really important to understand the rhythm of your business when sales are at a high point, when they're at a low point um, and, and just fund accordingly to make sure that you're okay or at least cash flow accordingly to those, to those cycles. Really, really important. If you're proactive on that, then you're always going to be okay so yeah really good points all around i think um i think also if you if this is something that you're struggling with or you think geez this is me obviously you've got someone like jace who can help you out but i think it's 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 imperative as a business owner to educate yourself on this stuff so you know we're talking about debt payments um if that's something that you're hearing and you're going well hang on i don't really understand that i'm making the debt payments so it should be an expense well, it's only the ca- it's only the interest component that's an expense. So I think as a business owner, it's imperative that you understand that. And the other thing with managing your cash flow, um, some of the stuff you've got written here, Jace, is when you are managing your cash flow, you you get a deeper understanding of your business and the ins and outs. Um, mm-hmm. You know. What are the employee travel expenses? Um, what are the, what are the discretionary expenses such as dinners and 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 whatnot? You know, we have we have a lot of that stuff in our business because we have a big team. But it's something that we all we always keep an eye on because it can get out of hand really quickly. Um, you've got him monitor your days um, of sales outstanding, off uh, offset seasonal downturns, which we spoke about before. But 
it, it's just a really good habit to get into to understand your cash flow and understand those trends and understand the main things that are having an impact that you you don't really think about, mm-hmm. such as the dinners, the taxis, the parking, all these things just add up and add up and add up. So I think it's imperative that you're across it as a business owner. And, and the thing is, even we talk about inventory and, and product, but even in our industries, I look at the, you know, the mortgage industry, for example, just even timings on documents coming back from clients that's that's lagging just because the you know there's not as much urgency and desperation as there was there was last year so you can pick up even if you're in a professional services business you can pick up trends of behavior in the market and then put strategy around that because there's still urgency there it's just the market might not know about that where interest rates might increase and if you get this done this month you're going to be in a better position than uh, doing it next month so even just picking up those little micro trend efficiencies mm-hmm. in a professional services business and there's tech out there to help you with that in order to to bring that bring that information in quicker so you need to be all over that and that all stems out of understanding your cash flow and your trends off your cash flow and what the market's doing because we're never always going to be in a heightened sales market now whether whether it's a cyclical business or just in general there's going to be times where sales are increasing then some that some Sales are neutralised and sometimes performing backwards. So you have to be dynamic enough to nimble, uh, be nimble enough to to just work out strategy off those scenarios to make sure your business is protected and then come out the other side. So when it's good times, you ride that wave more successfully. In challenging times, you stop any hemorrhage and you create strategy to then potentially widen the gap on competitors as well. So you can do all that through through your cash flows and your wider reporting on your accrual accounting as well. Working with a professional such as Jason's team gives you great nimble insights um, week to week, month to month, um, rather than it being an afterthought because you're busy in your business. You have to be proactive on this. And I've seen many business owners uh, think they're doing very well and run out of oxygen. Yeah, and, and I've worked with businesses for 25 years and cash flow is the biggest critical factor. If a business goes under, it's the lack of management of cash flow that, mm. that sends them under, even when they think they're doing really well because they haven't got the right funding or right strategy or they're not in with their professional discussing this. Don't let this be an afterthought. You're a, a business owner, be all over your numbers. It's a numbers game, we like to say. <laughs> a, a prime example at the moment, just, just when you think about timing of cash flow. So it's, it's early November. Um, clients would have just paid their September quarterly superannuation payment. On the 21st of November, you've got your October monthly IAS or your wages on uh, t- um, tax on wages. Then on the 25th of November, you've got your quarterly BAS due, which is GST and the monthly uh, withholding tax on wages for September. So in a space of 30 days, you could see hundreds of thousands of dollars go back out of your account, depending on the size of the business or all tens of thousands of dollars, depending on size. And all of a sudden, you know, end of September, midway through October, you might've been looking at your bank balance going, geez, I'm sitting pretty here. Like things are looking pretty good. So again, like when managing cash flow and ways to manage cash flow, the, the sim- when we talked about accounting 101, profit and loss versus cash, one of the first things we'll talk about is having that separate account for your GST, your pay-as-you-go, your super and your tax savings. Again, you might be looking at the bank balance going, geez, I'm having a good year here. 
but what would happen if you put 25% of what was in your bank aside because that's the tax man's money? Something you need to be conscious of that all of that cash in the bank isn't necessarily yours yet. There's a percentage of it that's yours and there's a fair percentage of it that's not by the time you take out 10% GST, 25% tax, and then all of the other withholdings and bits and pieces that you've got aside for your team, big super on wages and whatnot. So that's probably one of the biggest costs of a business is our tax system. And if you if you can't get across that as the number one basic thing to be across, chances are you're not you're going to be one of those statistics which is a failed business within the first couple of years of business. I've seen good business owners actually set that money aside in a separate account. They'll, yep. they'll put a percentage of that 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 uh, cash flow aside for tax, pay income, um, and various GST payments as well. And that seems to work uh, reasonably well. The the other thing I would say is. As a business owner, when when you're just in a neutral territory, a fair market, you tend to build um, cash flow projections on your business more reservedly because of what you what's happening in the market. Um, so you're only investing based on the reality of your cash flows a lot of the time. Now, when you're when you've done very well in a in a rising market and you know, you've had great performance, then the propensity is you want to base the cash flow on you know, additional growth to what's sometimes happening in the market. And that's okay, because you want to be bullish on that, but you also got to come back on the reality of the cash flows so you're not investing in advance of those cash flow projections. So you still can be bullish, but you still have to monitor cash flows in, in absolute what is going on in the business so you don't hemorrhage off a projection uh, based on the past. So it's um, we, we tend to be more reserved in, in quieter markets as we're moving forward and then more aggressive in the future when we've had really good markets. So again, the cash flow is a great foundation piece to come back to and go, what's happening? What adjustments need to be made in real time? And again, you're protecting the business in all situations. You're protecting your team. Um, you're protecting the market, and uh, and you get to you, know, you get to fight on and enjoy the process of business growth. So again, that's just some of the stuff I've seen over the journey with business clients as well. Hundred percent, Marty. Well, look, the only other thing that that was kind of on the managing cash flow that we didn't touch on, which is a you know not to end on a bit of a negative note, but there's a chance that you may have some employees that are underperforming um, in the job market that we've had. Uh, we've talked about you know uh, staff shortages. We've talked about looking for talent. We've talked about HR. Um, but if you're paying an employee's wages and that person's not adding value to the business and giving you an ROI, it is that time where you need to review your team, have good KPIs, and match that back to cash flow. Think about the damage to the business, not just from a culture point of view, but from a profitability and cash flow point of view. If you've got underperforming team members, and this is where I think... Um, and reading the Netflix book, which I've spoken about a few times over the course of, you know, 74, 75 episodes, but uh, Reed talks about having a high-performing team. He doesn't talk about having a family. And in a high-performing team, if you've got the opportunity to bring in a high-performer and swap that out for a team member that's not performing, that is the kind of world that we live in where businesses need to be high-performing. So it's just that time where, you know, in a job market, yes, it's tough to find people, but if you're advertising, if you've got, you know, the great culture and the great workplace that we've talked about in previous episodes, 
you need to be considering, do you need to attract and hire better talent than what you're currently carrying in your team? And that does have an impact on cash flow. So that's something else to consider. Definitely. Well, a lot of the times in business, you find that uh, you might find your top six revenue drivers uh, bringing in 70% of the revenue. So again, like you said, that comment sits really well. And I know Barbara Corkin, who's a real estate agent in New York, and they're, they're very brutal over there, but it was always an interesting uh, thought process in that they will strip out the bottom 10% of poor performers in order to either pay the top performers more because they're generating three to four times the amount of revenue um, or bring someone else that's another high performer in. Um, it's, it's, again, very matter of fact, but when you think about the, you know, the business as a, as a life form, then that makes, yeah, that makes total sense. Well, it can be daunting to find the right balance in your business when it comes to profit and cash flow. Um, be prepared for downturns, stay on top of your cash flow, and make sure you're finding ways to keep your business in the black. That's been another episode of The Numbers Game. And until next time, it is game over, but maybe just a new beginning.